Good morning, and welcome to Simply Politics. It's Sunday, March 3rd. On today's show, Shehbaz Sharif is set to become Pakistan's new PM after a controversial election, and we'll explore how the fortune of one of America's biggest pharmaceutical families has quietly funded conservative causes. Plus, Tennessee deploys National Guard to Texas as the political fight over the border increases. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Politics. We start off with a major political development in Pakistan. Shehbaz Sharif has been elected as Pakistan's prime minister for the second time, following a controversial election last month. This comes after the National Assembly, the lower house of parliament, convened to elect the premier. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Politics. Can you tell us more about this election and its controversies? Yes, David. The election held on February 8th was marred by allegations of large-scale rigging and delayed results. Sharif secured 201 votes, defeating his rival Omar Ayub Khan, who won 92 votes. Khan was backed by the Sunni Itihad Council, a political group that former Prime Minister Imran Khan's Pakistan Tariq Insaf party joined after they were barred from contesting for allegedly violating election laws. And what about Sharif's political backing? Sharif, who is currently the PMLN president, had the backing of nearly 200 legislators in the 336-member House. He needed at least 169 votes to win. Sharif is the younger brother of three-time Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif, who founded the Pakistan Muslim League Nawaz Party. This party is in alliance with the Pakistan People's Party to form the government. What was the reaction of the PTI and its supporters to the election election results? The PTI, which had to field its candidates as independents after losing its election symbol, emerged as the largest group with 93 seats. However, the party alleges its mandate was stolen and has initiated street protests against the alleged rigging. PTI leader Khan, who was removed through a parliamentary vote of no confidence in 2022, has been in jail since August last year, following multiple convictions. What are the implications of this election for Pakistan's political landscape? Pakistan, a country of 241 million people, is currently grappling with political instability, a declining economy, and a rapidly deteriorating security situation. The controversial election and subsequent protests are likely to add to these challenges. It remains to be seen how Sharif's second term as Prime Minister will address these issues. Thanks for that update, James. Now shifting gears from politics to pharmaceuticals, let's delve into the story of the G.D. Searle Pharmaceutical Company. This company, responsible for many common medicines and supplements in America, has built a massive family fortune that has emerged as a major benefactor of the right mostly out of the public eye. The Searle Freedom Trust, a foundation funded by the company's former chairman, has given out more than $200 million in grants over the last decade, sending more money to conservative nonprofits than nearly any other private foundation in recent years. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Abby. Can you tell us more about the Searle Freedom Trust and its influence? Certainly, David. The Searle Freedom Trust, funded by the late Daniel C. Searle, is set to play an even bigger role as it plans to close down in 2025. 
it's planning to award most of its last major grants in 2024, which could mean a potential windfall during a key election year for groups that push conservative policies. As of the beginning of 2023, the trust had more than $59 million left to spend. And what kind of organizations does the Searle Freedom Trust typically support? The trust supports a wide range of organizations, many of which focus on economic policy and loosening government regulations. However, others have worked to weaken child labor laws, advocate for stricter voting rules, gut affirmative action policies, and push climate change denial. Its recent beneficiaries include a nonprofit run by former Trump administration officials that is preparing policy plans and drafting potential executive orders. How does the Searle Freedom Trust compare to other foundations started by conservative donors? What sets the Searle Trust apart is that the bulk of its money goes to groups working to shape public policy instead of a mix of policy, cultural, and charitable causes. Daniel Searle himself expressed a desire to change the slope of the curve that leads to more loss of freedom. Can you give us some examples of the conservative causes the Searle Trust has supported? Over the last 25 years, the Searle Trust has supported groups that have built the intellectual backbone of the conservative policy movement. These include conservative and libertarian-leaning think tanks such as the American Enterprise Institute, the Reason Foundation, the Tax Foundation, the Manhattan Institute, and the Cato Institute. The Trust has also given nearly $4 million over the last decade to the Foundation for Government Accountability, which has worked behind the scenes to push conservative policies in state capitals. What impact has the Searle Trust had on the political landscape? The Searle Trust has had a major impact, even as the Searle family has stayed under the radar compared to more well-known conservative benefactors. Its influence is a key snapshot of how industrialists who amass generational wealth can use it to shape political debates even long after their deaths. What's the future of the Searle Freedom Trust? The trust is set to close down in 2025, following the wishes of its founder, Daniel C. Searle. It's planning to award most of its last major grants in 2024, which could mean a potential windfall during a key election year for groups that push conservative policies. Thanks for your insights, Abby. In other political news, Tennessee is deploying National Guard troops to the Texas border, joining other Republican-led states in backing Texas in its ongoing dispute with federal authorities over immigration enforcement. Governor Bill Lee and First Lady Maria Lee met with the deploying National Guard members in Millington, Tennessee on Saturday. Bella, our correspondent for Simply Politics, is here to discuss this development. Can you tell us more about the situation? Certainly, David. Tennessee is set to deploy two waves of National Guard troops to the border through the spring. This comes after Governor Lee visited the border and pledged to support Texas Governor Greg Abbott in dealing with the border crisis. The Texas National Guard had earlier seized control of a popular border crossing in Eagle Pass, blocking federal immigration officials and Border Patrol agents from the area. However, the U.S. Supreme Court later ruled that the state could not block federal access, reinforcing the long-standing precedent that border enforcement is under federal control. What can you tell us about the troops being deployed from Tennessee? The new deployment consists of about 50 soldiers who will be deployed through March, with another wave replacing them later in the spring. 
Last year, Tennessee deployed 105 soldiers to McAllen, Texas. However, Major General Warner Ross of the Tennessee National Guard has not specified where this contingent will be sent. How is this deployment being perceived in the context of the ongoing border issues? Governor Lee has stated that the ongoing border issues are a true crisis for our country, citing concerns with human and drug trafficking in unauthorized border crossings. A recent Gallup poll shows that Americans believe immigration is the top issue facing the U.S., the first time the issue has topped the list since 2018. The border is clearly emerging as a defining topic of the 2024 presidential elections. What about the criticism that this is a politicized move? Critics argue that Republican leaders, including Governor Abbott, have weaponized immigration rhetoric to stir up political fear. In Tennessee, Democrats have argued that ongoing anti-immigration rhetoric has emboldened dangerously racist views. However, Governor Lee, while backing Texas in its sovereignty struggle with federal immigration authorities, has not echoed Abbott's invasion rhetoric. What is the situation with immigration at the border currently? Border encounters have risen during the Biden administration as pandemic restrictions were rescinded. U.S. Customs and Border Protection reported 1.7 million migrant encounters at the southwest border in fiscal 2021, 2.4 million in fiscal 2022, and an additional 2.5 million in fiscal 2023. Republicans have accused Biden of reversing Trump-era policies that stemmed the flow of border crossings, though the number of migrants arriving at the U.S. border more than doubled during the Trump administration by 2019 after a brief dip in 2017. That was Simply Politics reporter Bella. Thanks for the insights. In a shift of focus, let's discuss Donald Trump's renewed attempt to turn criticism that he is a threat to democracy on its head, accusing President Biden without evidence of conspiring against the United States with his policies at the southern border. This comes as Trump faces 91 charges across four criminal cases, two of which relate to his efforts to overturn the 2020 election results. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Politics. Can you tell us more about Trump's recent statements and the charges he's facing? Certainly, David. Trump's recent remarks are part of his campaign strategies for the 2024 presidential race. He's attempting to turn the tables on Biden when it comes to anti-democracy attacks and making immigration a central focus. This is happening while he faces charges from special counsel Jack Smith for a conspiracy to defraud the United States as part of the investigation into the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Trump has denied any wrongdoing and is portraying the cases as politically motivated. And what about Trump's claims regarding the 2020 election? Trump continues to falsely claim that the 2020 election was rigged. During a recent event at the Greensboro Coliseum complex, his supporters waved signs that said, too big to rig, an effort to boost turnout ahead of Super Tuesday, when 15 states, including North Carolina, will hold their Republican nominating contests. What about his comments on immigration? Trump has been portraying migrants as waging an invasion and has increased his use of the term migrant crime. However, most of those arrested at the southern border do not have criminal convictions, according to federal data. He also accused Democrats without evidence of encouraging migrants to enter the country illegally 
and trying to sign them up to get them to vote in the next election. It's important to note that it is against the law for non-citizens to vote in a federal election, and registration of an ineligible voter is a federal crime. And how have immigration advocates responded to Trump's rhetoric? Immigration advocates have accused Trump of deploying racist rhetoric against migrants and express fear that it could inspire violence against new arrivals. Many of the migrants seeking entry at the southern border are families traveling with children and underage migrants arriving without their parents. What about the visits to the southern border by Trump and Biden? Both Trump and Biden made visits to the southern border recently. Polls show that the border is a vulnerability for Biden in the upcoming election. Under Biden, the number of people taken into custody by the U.S. Border Patrol has reached the highest levels in the agency's 100-year history, averaging 2 million per year. Trump, on the other hand, has often spoken in exaggerated terms to describe migrants seeking to enter the country. What has been the response from the Biden campaign to Trump's accusations? Amar Musa, a Biden campaign spokesman, responded by saying that Trump is projecting, in an attempt to distract the American people, from the fact he killed the fairest and toughest border security bill in decades because he believed it would help his campaign. That was Simply Politics, reporter Celeste. Thanks so much for being here. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Politics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.